Hey everyone, welcome to Locked On Lakers for Friday. Brian Kamenetsky and Andy Kamenetsky. Andy, the assumption has always been that the Nets, once they got rid of Kevin Durant and moved on to Kyrie Irving, as long as the Lakers offered that second first round pick, they'd be willing to swing a trade that included Russell Westbrook. But what if that's not actually true? That's next on Locked On Lakers. You are Locked On Lakers. Your daily Los Angeles Lakers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thanks to everybody for making Locked On Lakers your first listen of every day, Monday through Friday, sometimes on weekends, but no matter how you get your podcasts or where, Always fresh Lakers content for you. Never buried behind a paywall. You don't have to pay for this podcast. Uh, something else. You should, it, but you don't have but to. you don't have to. It's our gift to you. Um, speaking of gifts. Andy, we are getting paid for it, though, just so people right. understand. Right. It's not truly altruistic. They no. do give us money. And by You the way, just don't have to give us money. Right. And wouldn't be doing this for free. I mean, right. I enjoy podcasting, but. No, I'm not. We doing, are getting money. In case yeah, I'm not doing worried. a show every single day for free. We're not right. doing that. Um, anyway, but uh, speaking of gifts, uh, August 27th, 11 a.m. That's a Saturday, 170 South La Brea. Andy and I will be at the Dewar store um, give, doing a live taping of the show. It's a mailbag episode. Uh, everybody who shows up into the store has a chance to participate in the show. You have a chance to win some prizes while you're there. Some of the most comfortable clothing that you will ever see, touch, or try on. But we know not everybody can get there, Andy. And so we've been mentioning, if you send in a question that is good enough to get on the show, you have a chance to win a doer prize pack. And we weren't kidding. So Andy has the Locked On Network hat Right there, if you're watching on the Locked On Lakers YouTube channel, you can see it. He's going to drop in all of the usernames of people who have submitted questions worthy of getting themselves into the show. He is going to pull out a name from that hat, and the winner, uh, the, that user, that, uh, that, that name that we pull out, you get a pair of performance denim and an only tee, as they call it at Doer. This is a $168 value. Andy. Who is winning our first Dewar Prize Pack leading into our uh, our big show on the 20th? Martin Hall. Martin, Martin Hall, Hall is winning one of these prize packs. Martin Hall has been very active on the YouTube channel. He's submitted, by the way, this is a nice cheat code. Martin Hall has submitted several questions, all of which are good, which up his odds of actually getting his name pulled like we just saw. So there you go. Martin's question will be featured on the show, obviously. And Martin, uh, DM us at Cam Brothers. That's the easiest way to do it. Or you can find us uh, you know, through the YouTube channel. But whatever. Martin, you find us, and we will make sure that you get your prize from Dewar. Um, so much to cover today. You can also Andy. email us at Kamenetsky brother, Brothers at gmail.com. Right, but no fake Martin Halls. Well, that's, that's part of the reason I wanted to email is because... Yeah. Might be a little easier to identify. Yeah, we'll see. Uh, no scammers. We've got our we got our, our antenna up for you people. Um, a lot of stuff we want to get to. We want to get to the uh, the Pau Gasol news. Um, he will be in. Uh, he will have his number uh, put up in the rafters in the springtime uh, for the Lakers this year, and eventually will be in the Hall of Fame. Something goes a little out of the typical order for the Lakers, Andy, and I think there are a lot of good reasons that they're doing it that way. 
Uh, but we have to start here. What if the Lakers can't actually throw in a second round, a second first round pick and actually get Kyrie Irving? That has been the assumption. But we've seen this week a lot of reporting saying that the Nets may not be interested in that, that if they are going to trade Kyrie, uh, they want ready-made players. They don't want to rebuild. They want guys who can help them win right away. Seen implications of that from Mark Stein on his Substack, from Woj on ESPN. Christian Winfield, um, who covers the Nets, I believe for Nets Daily, ha has written about that, or the New York Daily News. I don't remember which, but he's very plugged in with the team. So I got to be honest with you. This really would be a fly in the ointment <laughs> because – the, it just we've just assumed that this is, is the thing that you know if it gets to that point the Lakers if they were willing to make that uh, put that second pick in there could get Kyrie Irving if they can't that radically changes the Russell Westbrook trade landscape to say the very least well I mean not not to speak for you but I gotta say I I have not assumed that this would automatically be the case. I think there's been a wide assumption mm -hmm. that if the Lakers were willing to throw in both of those picks, they would get Kyrie. I think what's been conflated is that is the baseline cost if they want to get Kyrie. Like, it's going to cost those first two-round picks. But I've never assumed that the Nets would automatically be doing that, in part because I've never assumed that the Nets, whether they – trade Kevin Durant, or particularly if they don't trade Kevin Durant, are automatically going to be looking to trade Kyrie. And for example, if you take, a, if you consider the rumored deal with the Celtics, that they might be interested in trading for Durant. Mm -hmm. And it, if they do that, it's going to be with Jalen Brown as the centerpiece for Brooklyn. You know, Marcus Smart might be involved. He's been a bit of a sticking point. It would point. be a haul, at least based on what the right. Nets are asking for. Right. Maybe like Grant Williams, Derek White, someone like that. Like Jalen Brown and a couple quality rotation players, at least, plus those other picks for Kevin Durant. And if the Nets make a deal like that, they're still really competitive with the rest of that roster. So that could mean, A, they're less inclined to trade Kyrie Irving to, uh, to begin with. And there have been multiple reports that Kyrie has been signaling to the team, I am committed for this season. Uh, the Nets have actually on their social been saying good things about Kyrie. But if nothing else, it changes the landscape of what they would want for Kyrie uh -huh. if they trade him. Like that Again, that team theoretically can be competitive. So they're not going to be looking to take back you know, picks that help them four, six years down the road and Russell Westbrook bought out. Like, unless the Lakers can get really creative with this, which is going to be extremely difficult, really difficult. they, they really may not be as far into the Kyrie Irving sweepstakes as there's just been this wide right, and No question, this there's there's could be, a, there probably is a lot of posturing going on sure. here because the Nets... In order to, if they decide that they do need to trade or want to trade Kyrie, um, in order to get a better return, need to drum up a little bit more business. Now, that said, um, part of the reason that there isn't more attention, I think, on Kyrie is because for the same reason that the Lakers aren't swooping in to make a big deal on Indiana. So the Nets aren't moving Kyrie yet. So there's no point in another team coming out and 
you know, showing interest, putting dangling players, putting something out there that they might do because there's no market for Kyrie yet. Once Kyrie Irving is actually available, you know, maybe the Lakers will still be the only team willing to give up, you know, a premium to get him, but maybe not. And so I think Brooklyn is certainly counting on that and is is obviously interested in in drumming up a better market. But I, I do think it's like what we've talked about a lot is the idea that Brooklyn may not be in a rebuild and may not want to make a rebuilding trade. But what I take the sum of this to mean too is they may not want Westbrook or they might want a higher price or they might want actual human players that are young or whatever, even if they are rebuilding. That a package led by a bought-out Westbrook and two long-in-the-future first-round picks, regardless of what they do with Durant, may not be enough to get Kyrie or may not be a package that they are interested in. That is a little bit different to me than the scenarios that we've been talking about a lot, which is the one I think that you outlined there and I are 100% correct about. And so what I want to ask you next is what happens if that's the case? Because obviously that Kyrie is the, the clear target for, for Rob Palenka and for LeBron and for the Lakers. If he's not actually available, what do you do? Ask that question next. Locked on Lakers brought to you by Dewar, the sponsors of the Locked on Lakers podcast, and they are the purveyors of the world's most comfortable pants. You will not believe just how freaking comfortable their pants, their shorts, their shirts, everything they, really they make is truly, truly lovely to be wearing. And off the top, letting you know, Locked on 15, that's how you get 15% off your purchase. We love being involved with Dewar because this is the most versatile clothes you will ever find they've got comfort they've got style function all complementing each other so you can wear just a pair of doer pants everywhere you're going to be going over the course of the day whether it's work whether it's out with friends you can actually ride a bike to meet your friends or go to work or both whatever either way these pants work for everything they're made with ultra light tensile moisture wicking antibacterial 95 percent natural fibers meaning they're actually good for the earth. There is nothing whatsoever to criticize about Dewar. So go to 170 South La Brea. If you're in LA, that's where the store is. It's in Mid-City. Or if you're not in the area, but you want to get your hands on some of these clothes, go to shopdewer.com. Either way, again, use our exclusive code for our listeners. You guys, our family, 15% off at Locked On 15. Again, Locked On 15, 15% off at Dewar. Locked on Lakers also brought to you by betonline.net. It is the fastest and easiest way to check in on all your betting needs. Find your favorite sports and events at the number one online source for odds, lines, and games. Find reviews and news of every league, including Major League Baseball, the NFL, the NBA, the NHL, combat sports, esports, even golf. And we are so close, Andy, to getting to that part of the year where all of these things are happening at the same time. And it's bonkers. You need all the news. You need all the information so you can get out there and bet. And Bet Online continues to be the top online resource for all of that sports wagering information that you need, whether it's live in-game betting, sports, and podcasts. They've got you covered. So head over to Bet Online today or use your mobile device to learn more about the action. And Bet Online is where the game starts. So, Andy, the Lakers really could be in, in a bit of a pickle here. They have a decision to make if the Nets really, it's not just a question of they're not trading Kyrie Irving. 
It's they're not trading Kyrie Irving for the things that you can give them. So let's just say hypothetically, and look, maybe they can wrap in a third team. There's there's always a way. But the Lakers have very limited resources, and there is a limit as to how much they can, like literally how much they can put into a deal to make this happen. What do you do? Do you jump on a trade for Buddy Heald and Miles Turner that might still cost you those same first two first round picks? Maybe you add a little more protection to them. Maybe you can the terms might be a little bit better, but you probably ultimately have to surrender both of them. Uh, do you make a Utah trade of some sort and try to hold on to a pick? Do you oh, that's just, another one you may be waiting on? Yeah. Or do you just wait? Um, and see how the season develops, understanding that the roster that you have isn't good enough. I think everybody understands that. Hope you can tread water long enough and that an opportunity to use those picks and anything else you get your hands on comes on later in the year. What do you do? I think whatever you do, you got to be thinking about this from a place of practical thinking as opposed to as opposed to desperation, and that's one of the advantages of LeBron signing the extension, mm-hmm. which uh, was officially announced on Thursday. Uh, the Lakers sent out the press announcement, so we know he's actually signed this contract. Like, to whatever degree you were concerned at all that LeBron was holding this extension over the Lakers, you know, in, a, in an effort to try to make them get something done, and clearly not that much because he signed the thing less than two weeks after it was eligible. The Lakers no longer have to worry about doing something to dazzle LeBron and just doing something for the sake of doing it, which right. can lead to very poor results. I mean, you know, LeBron spent many years in Cleveland during that first stint where they were bending over backwards, just bringing in whoever they could in an effort to make LeBron happy with the direction, you know, the organization feel committed towards. And it never got them anywhere close to where they needed to be. So they also now have, they're in this position where if they have to hang on to their assets in order to try to put themselves in a better position moving forward, they can do that with the security of knowing the guy they're trying to impress the most isn't about to bolt. I mean, like, honestly, I I think LeBron has to have a pretty good idea of where things stand with Kyrie not just from where the organization's telling him, the Lakers, but he's in contact with Kyrie. Like, I'm sure, I'm sure he's hearing from Kyrie, like, yeah. where the Nets' heads are on all of this. And, like, the idea that, no, really, they're not going to trade me, man. Like, however much Kyrie wants or doesn't or they're just want like to they're not going to trade. Gonna trade right I mean, you can't make them trade for something. And, again, like, this is the... That LeBron the, wants this really badly does doesn't, not matter a rat's matter. ass to the Nets. They don't the care. Nets don't care about that. And I, I think that the the big decision they have to make is pull the trigger on something that you're not quite sure about or wait. Like, do, do, you, do you risk going into the season with a roster that you know isn't good enough, but you hope you can improve in a way that's better than what you think a healed and this again healed and Turner is the sort of the baseline of the only other deal that we know about the Lakers. Rob Palinka supposedly working the phones, but like there's a li- there is a limit as to what you can get. There's you know o- only certain teams would be willing to take Westbrook. Only certain teams can take Westbrook, um, and you have to make that decision. This is what we've been talking about for a lot of the summer. How good are we? 
Do you think that Buddy Heald and Miles Turner make you a championship contender? Because it, I, as much as I know, there are a lot of people who detest the idea of entering the season with Russell Westbrook on the roster and look at this team as you and I have and said, it's not good enough. Um, I think it can be better. And, you know, we, you know, there are a lot of things about it. There are things that can happen to make this team, I think, better than they currently are on paper, better than the expectations might be. But I think you got to be drinking an awful lot of Kool-Aid to think that better can mean as good as Golden State, as good as Denver, as good as, you know, the top teams in the West. But you can only make the trade one time. And, you know, if you make it early and you don't get where you want to be, you're done. That's it. That's all you got. Let's take it a step further down. Maybe you don't think a Buddy Heald, Miles Turner trade makes you as good as Golden State or Denver or the Clippers if fully healthy. Do Heald and Turner make you good enough that with a few breaks coming your way, you could actually come out of the West. If you, if you get maybe a little luckier than average in the playoffs, would you be, you know, a couple of those teams ahead of you have injuries, chemistry issues, whatever. Do those guys make you good? Let's be honest. Getting Kyrie doesn't necessarily, I think, vault them ahead of a team like Denver or Golden State or whatever. They still got a lot of... The other thing that's interesting about this that I I probably should have mentioned in the last segment is what do you do if... Because I've seen this reported as well, that the Nets really aren't necessarily interested in putting somebody like Joe Harrison or Seth Curry. or And again, a lot of this is built around the same level of posturing of just because we're making these trades does not mean we're automatically trying to blow it up and rebuild. You're signaling to your fans that... We're, we're still taking the season seriously, come out and buy season tickets, uh, all of it. But let's just take it at face value for the sake of the discussion. It becomes a very different trade if the Lakers have to give up the two picks and whatever and whatever to only get one player back. Like That makes a significant difference if the Nets want to hold on to their, their other useful players. And so that changes the trade calculus here because I think earlier in the summer, the assumption was, geez, the Lakers might have to take on salary as a burden, as the cost of doing business. You and I, of course, are like, that's not the cost of doing business. That should be the business. Set that aside. All of this stuff becomes fascinating in terms of the decision-making if some of the assumptions that we've been making all summer long, we and the rest of the NBA universe, don't actually turn out to be true. I mean, Talon Horton Tucker, for example, if... He does not have a particularly good season. He's going to opt into that final year of his contract, 10 or $11 million. And if the Lakers want to move him to create more cap space, A, I mean, my God, you want to talk about just a disastrous decision over the last couple of years. Oh my, B, I, I had honestly never even thought about that. Like what happened? I mean, we're, we're so deep in the adding an asset to get off of the Russ contract um that i like the the idea that next year they might be in a position where they had to add some sort of sweetener even if it's just a second rounder to trade Taylor Horton Tucker that is a terrible look and shame on you for even bringing it up if you're looking to move his 11 million dollars off the roster you might have to attach an asset to that which cool. beyond the whole like oh my god how did we get here factor you have to start thinking about will we have assets 
Like, will we actually have assets to do this? All of which is to say, you have to be thinking about the full picture yeah. when you decide to put in both of your picks if it's only going to make you marginally better. This like, it's crazy. one thing to do it for Kyrie just because Kyrie at least has, at his absolute best, superstar upside, and mm -hmm. superstars are hard to come by. But Buddy Heald, Miles Turner, you know, they, they will make the Lakers better. And yeah. I think Miles Turner, Anthony Davis could be a really good four or five combo. And, but, and Turner's young enough that you could sign him if he's healthy. He's got health right. concerns, but he certainly fits a timeline for a team, you know, that doesn't want to be hyper old. But unless you feel like, okay, this really elevates us into the mix, you have to really think hard about is it worth it? Like as the Lakers, the Lakers always want to project championship aspirations, but you don't want to be cosplaying it. Like it doesn't do you any good to go all in to project what you want to be if you're not actually that team. So this is, I found this stuff, the this sort of developments over the course of the week to be a, kind of a, just kind of a fun wrinkle in the conversation about this. We don't, we don't necessarily know more than we did before because who knows how much of this is real, how much isn't, and all of it could change once trades actually begin happening. But man, it is a fun uh, change in the, in the discourse, uh, which I welcome. Let's do this next, Andy, because my favorite part about the schedule release really didn't have anything to do with the games. It was the news that on March 7th of next season, or this season, I should say, uh, the Lakers will be raising Pau Gasol's number 16 to the rafters. They will retire his number. It's at home against Memphis. Uh, you and I are as big of Pau Gasol fans as you're going to find, which is saying something because there are a lot of us out there. Uh, so let's talk about this honor next. Okay, so... The, the thing that makes, I guess I've seen a little bit of chatter, like, are, are we sure Pau Gasol is going to be in the Hall? Yes, folks, yes. Pau Gasol is going to the Hall of Fame. He's going to go to the Hall of Fame on his first year of eligibility. I think there's, what is it, like three players in the league history with 20,000 points and 10,000 rebounds. He's got two rings. He's got all the international accomplishments. Pau Gasol is going to the, the Pro Basketball Hall of Fame. Um, or the Basketball Hall of Fame, I should say. It does, though, Andy kind of take Lakers tradition, which says you have to be inducted first and turn it around a little bit because he won't be in the Hall of Fame when the Lakers raise the the, the banner. Are you okay with that? Raise the jersey. Uh, raise the jersey, right, the jersey banner, whatever it is. Are you okay with Hopefully that? they're raising the banner, though. On March 7th, year. that would be premature. I think they should. I think teams should do that. If you know <laughs> you're not going to win, just raise a banner. Just declare yourself champs. That's it. We win. Prove we're not. <laughs> um but are you okay with them i don't of... accept the premise that we haven't played this season <laughs> i don't accept or that we won't win yeah um do you are you cool with them kind of uh breaking protocol here to to honor pow in this way 100 percent. a because like you said it is a given that he's going to be in the hall of fame like uh, this is a no-brainer he's obviously going to be in there be what he meant to the lakers but see, I mean, as we learned with Kobe, you never know if you take for granted that you can wait a little bit because that person will be around. Mm -hmm. And, you know, Kobe entered the hall posthumously. And, you know, who would have ever thought, you know, at the time that Kobe Bryant, I mean, they, 
they raised his jersey to the rafters because a, I mean, if, if you think Co- uh, Powell was you a no-brainer for the here. hall, I think we were all fairly confident Kobe right. was going to get right. elected. So they, you know, they broke that protocol for Kobe because a, he's Kobe. B, of course, he's going into the Hall of Fame. Like he, he could enter his own special wing of the of the Hall of Fame, like the like the Champagne Room. <laughs> he, he would have been <laughs> eligible for it. But you know, the assumption was always like Kobe's going to be there to get inducted into the hall of fame. And, you know, he'll, he'll be inducted by, you know, a contemporary that he admired or Phil Jackson or Shaq or, or whoever. And that's obviously not what happened. And I think it's great to see the Lakers recognize we're going to uphold our standards, but we're also going to live in the real world. That's not predictable. And, and it's, what is the purpose of waiting? That that would be my question. It's like again, it, it'd be different if like you got to wait on a guy like Michael Cooper, for example, because it's not a given he's going to make it in. Right. It's for fri- yeah, fringy makes it devalue, but like for guys you're not sure about, for players or you know players who maybe are Hall of Famers, but you have to you have to consider their contribution as Lakers. I I. I can't make a case, certainly can't make a case he's not going to the Hall of Fame, and I can't make a case that he doesn't belong as a, a retired number for the Lakers. He was the second best player. It's a Hall of Fame caliber player, the second best player on one of the most important eras, you know, since the 1980s for the Lakers, one of their, one of their three championship eras that they've had. And so he certainly meets the standard. And I, I think even... You know, you mentioned Kobe, and I was thinking exactly the same thing. Like, don't wait. There's no point in waiting. But also, too, Pau has become kind of an interesting connection to Kobe and to those teams for the organization. I mean, I know he is, uh, Jeannie is, and and they are extraordinarily close with Pau. Pau has taken on, I don't want to, a father role is, is, is too, too the much. The greatest uncle in the world. Correct. Um, you know, deeply involved with, you know, Kobe's family and, and his children. And moreover, the world needs to honor and recognize people of the caliber of Pau Gasol. The caliber um, of person. You mean. Yes. Like, I'm not, I didn't say player. I said yeah. person. And if you know, he's going to the hall of fame, and you know he deserves it, and you know he deserves it in within your organization. And to boot, you're talking about one of the finest human beings yeah. to move through the organization. I am, I am really glad they're not standing on sort of the arrogance of the standard, like you put it. Um, and and they're and they're taking care of it. And I yeah. am, I have not bothered putting in credentials for games for a while like sort of since covid not to peel back the curtain too far um because nobody cares but like we tape the show right after games go on and we can't really do it from the from the from the arena it slows us down slows down putting up the show for you guys all that stuff so there's really no reason for us to be there access is different we can't get in the locker room anyway because of covid blah 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 I'm real tempted on March 7th to be in the building. 
I'll if be I there. can somehow figure it out. I if will. If they'll remember who we are and let us back in. Yeah, they will. And in all likelihood, I, I will be there as well. Like you mentioned, Brian, you can't say enough about Powell as a person. I mean, just his generosity and his thoughtfulness and his intellect. You know, I mean, he he was on track to go to med school um, before really moving seriously into basketball. And it's fitting that his does a lot of charity work, but the, the one that I'm most aware of is the work that he does with St. Jude's. And it's mm-hmm. fitting that somebody that was going to move into medicine is so heavily involved, you know, still in the medical industry and with hospitals and that you and I have actually been to St. Jude's when he's been honored. And, you know, they think the world of him there. And, you know, Pow was the absolute perfect running mate for Kobe. Like Kobe and Shaq were more dominant. Shaq was a better player than Powell. But Powell was more perfect for Kobe, like in every sense, matching skill sets, temperament, basketball IQ, everything. The other thing too, Brian, like I could, I mean, we've talked a lot about Kobe in this segment because Kobe and Powell are so intertwined. When this news happened, because it's really, it's an acknowledgement that Powell is going to go into the Hall of Fame, like we've been talking about, in addition to having the jersey retired, it just reminded me that Kobe would obviously be there for Powell's jersey getting retired. But were I to guess and bet on it, Kobe would have been the one to induct Powell. I think into so. the Hall of Fame. I think absolutely. And or certainly, just, there's, at the very least, you know, for a jersey raising, for anything like that, there's no but, question. But I, I imagine Powell would have chosen Kobe to induct him into the Hall because you get inducted by fellow Hall of Famers. Mm-hmm. And I imagine Kobe would have wanted to be the person to induct Powell. And it just becomes another reminder that he's not here. And like, you know, that part of Laker history is not with us anymore. Yeah. Um, I don't think that's the reason they're doing it, but I do think it's an important part of the, of the, of the overall story. Um, so very cool news. Yeah. Very excited. The Lakers are doing that. Um, more stuff that we want to get into that we didn't get a chance to um, in the, in the documentary, the legacy documentary on Hulu. Uh, so I guess we'll push some of that into next week, and there'll be a third episode that we can talk about dropping some point next week. I forget exactly when they're putting them up. Um, but we got that stuff to to look forward to. Uh, keep sending us questions uh, for the for the mailbag show on August 27th. You just saw Martin Hall win himself a Dewar prize pack. We've got one more to give away next week before the show, and we'll be giving away more stuff at the show, 170 South La Brea uh, on uh Saturday, August 27th at 11 a.m. Uh, please come out and visit us if you can be part of that. Uh, am I missing anything? Nope. All right. We'll see everybody. Have a great weekend.